Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Yo! Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. Stay up to date on our upcoming schedule. You'll want to be part of our weekly email list. Uh, swing by boothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email and we'll get you added. And if you haven't joined our VO Booth Besties Facebook group, join us there too. As usual, if you have questions as the interview goes on, simply drop them in the chat and we'll do our best to fit them in. Unfortunately, uh, Angela isn't feeling well and is unable to join us. So let's send her lots of good thoughts today. Uh, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Over to you, A.B. Nancy Gurman has been a voice actor for over 25 years. She works in nearly all genres of voice acting and enjoys her pro studio in Royal, R- Royal Maine. Now it's Royal Maine. Rural Maine. For over 30 years, she had been a clinical therapist and school counselor, seeing a myriad of human issues and treating concerns such as anxiety, depression, trauma, and grief. Nancy uses these experiences to inform and help voice actors deal with performance anxiety and other barriers to being their best. And we appreciate you. And is it, I'm sorry, is it German or German? It's German. I married that weird name. Yeah, Nancy German. Sorry. Well, I'm based, so I can't say anything. (laughs) Oh, it's been everything. Greenman. Garmin, Germain, <laughs> no problem. I don't even bother to spell mine. I'm just fine with JT because right. <laughs> nobody can, they look at Tiffany and go, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being with us today, Nancy. Sure. No, mental health is just so important to all of us inside the booth and out. It affects everything we do, all the interactions we have. And probably one of the only good things I can say to come out of the pandemic was shining a light on mental health crisis in the U.S., you know, um, it really helped remove the stigma and people weren't embarrassed to look for help anymore. Um, we started to see that medication is a real answer for some people. And I think it, it changed our perspective on mental health for the better. Yeah, we're seeing more celebrity endorsements as well, which I think is really cool that they're just saying, look, I have depression or I have anxiety or whatever it is and normalizing it because everybody's got their stuff. I mean, everybody, even though, you know, you see some people and you're like, oh, they're killing it. They're perfect. How can I be like that? They have their baggage as well. And so I started thinking, I've been a voice actor for so long, but a lot of people don't know this about me, that this is something I've done for years. And when I was younger, I would go to the hardest places to do this work. So I've worked in like inner city Philadelphia with people living in boxes, um, you know, street workers, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, and the theme is humans are humans everywhere. Okay. Everybody has, you know, things that make them anxious, things that make them sad. It's a human condition. And I started thinking, maybe I can help myself to do better in my performance and also bring some of those things to other people in the business. Uh, because when you think of an industry where you can be rejected every day and often not know why, <laughs> that is our industry. So there's, it's kind of a loaded thing. You know, we're, we're amping up to perform and then we throw it out there and we hope for the best. And there's all this stuff that goes along with voice acting in particular that I think 
you know, you got to get at your stuff or it's, it may get in your way. Okay, absolutely. So let's start with um, clearing our heads before we hit record. Like, what do you do to get centered and get your head in the right space before you go into the booth? Well, people have laughed at me recently because at Wovo, I presented on this. I have a system now that works for me. I used to be absolutely petrified of uh, directed sessions because I spent many years by myself just sending things in, self-directed. So when that started to come through, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got seven people in my ear. This is so intimidating, ah, you know, all this stuff. So I came up with a system for me that works. And and the thing is, what works for me may not work for everybody else, but you have to identify like what things in your, you know, space and orb are going to work for you. So I have sort of a three-pronged approach when I do directed sessions in particular, or when I have a very high stakes audition I'm worried about. I want to take minutes to breathe, which everybody talks about, because, you know, like if you fight with your husband before you go into an audition, it affects you. (laughs) If you get bad news from somewhere, it affects you. Um, Or there's the cumulative effects of like lots of grief. The pandemic was terrible for all of us. So that's one thing, taking a few moments to breathe, doing really great hydration, (laughs) tea, water, whatever. These are all basic things you already know. But then for me, I have to do kinetic release before I come into the booth. And for me, no one will ever see a video of this, (laughs) but I put on some music that inspires me, like Girls by Beyonce, okay? And I dance really hard before every session. I give myself 20 minutes before to settle down after doing that. And then I also have tools like this, vibrational tools where you're breathing into your straw to give your your throat some energy back. If I do those things, I am really pretty confident when I go into that session. And I know it sounds silly. Everybody's going to have a different set of things that works for them. But I think kinetic release is important. When you think, I don't know how many people are performers out in the world as singers. You know that oh, adrenaline rush right before you go on stage. I'm a singer as well. And you're just terrified. And then you go out and you're like, yeah, and you do it. It's very similar to that for me with this preparation. It's like I'm standing going on stage. Um, also had a, uh, a friend tell me to make the booth sacred. Now, I'm a mess as a person, a creative person. My stuff is everywhere. You can't see behind how messy it is. But when I started thinking about that, I really liked that because then I leave my stuff outside, my mental stuff. I come in and my booth is sacred and I don't do a lot of other things in here like invoicing. I This is my performance place. This is where I bring myself. This is where I bring my best for my clients. And when you have that kind of mentality, it kind of shifts things instead of coming in and schlepping. I got food all over, (laughs) you know, so I've tried to create a space where that's going to help me when I come in here. But because this is about mental health, I'm just going to just dive in a little bit with this. I think that a lot of voice actors have anxiety, imposter syndrome, um, crippling anxiety sometimes. Sometimes actors are depressed kinds of people because we're creative and we think differently. So there's all those things. And I'm going to say this up front that if it's getting in your way every day, you need more than just my little tips today. Okay. Don't be afraid 
to get the help you may need because it can really change things. Um, I lost like five significant people in a six-year period, two sisters, two step-parents, a mother, a grandmother, all in a six-year period. (laughs) And I'm a pretty optimistic, happy person, like generally. It nearly killed me, honestly. I'm smiling as I say this. I had to go see somebody because I just needed help, you know. And after I did that, I was able to work through some of that and feel better. But if you listen back to my auditions during that time, even the perky ones have this little sad thing, right? And you may think, oh, I'm fooling them. (laughs) But sometimes you're not. So you want to really address if you've got childhood trauma, if you've been through a divorce, if you've been through the death of people you love, all these things can kind of impact you. And I know people are like, well, I don't need help. I'm strong. Or the voiceover community supports me. And they do, yes. But there is no substitute for clinical therapy when you need it or medication when you need it. And the optimal thing is a psychiatrist prescribed medication with therapy when you're working on something. I know general docs try all the time to prescribe. It's not okay. (laughs) They're not trained, you know? So I'm sorry, I'm just spieling off on this, but I wanted to make sure to say that, that, you know, sometimes the people you love will recognize it before you will, you know, they'll be like, hey, I, you know, you're looking sad a lot or, you know, I see you crying or whatever the thing is. And, and sometimes you need to say they love me enough to know more than I do maybe right now that I need some extra help with this. So when so, I'm walking around in the kitchen going, <sighs> my family points it out. They're like, what are you stressed yeah. about? Yeah. What? I'm not stressed. They're like, mm-hmm, your breathing yes, tells you me you are. are. We know you, right? And that, and maybe that's not a therapy needing thing. But if you're stressed like that, kinetic release. Go out with the dog. I have a, a wonderful Nerf um, little tennis ball gun that my dog and I, I go out and shoot this thing and the dog chases it. And I'm not thinking about whatever the thing is, right? So sometimes it's just breaking up that pattern of, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to get it. What am I going to do? And just going, I'm going to be fearless right now and assume the best. And some of that, you just have to convince yourself because otherwise you're going to be like tanking yourself before you even do the job or the audition. My opinion. Yeah. Yeah. My own little thing is uh, when I was coaching with Mark Ryder, he had me kind of go through this little affirmation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so he, as I was talking and answering his questions, he was typing and dropped this document into um, the folder that we were working on. He was like, okay, print this out yeah. in triplicate and put it, put it in your car, put it in your booth. And so like, I have this little thing that I read yeah. to get my, my head in the, in the, the game. place where I need right. to be like, okay, yeah. Like, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people are going to book me. (laughs) And I'm not thinking about all these other people that are better than me. I am good enough, just me, you know? And Tim, (laughs) Tim Powers, I'm going to call you out here, buddy. Improv people, everyone in this room. And Tim is Timprov. He's an improv expert. (laughs) Improv. Did you like that segue? Improv will make you fearless. Improv has made me try for things I never would have done in the past with great gusto, right? So it kind of improv is a way also to heal mental health in the sense that it makes you super happy. It gets those endorphins in your brain going. It also makes you fearless in a way that 
you wouldn't be before. And you also get really good at organic responses. So you get better directable ability. I don't know how to say that. You are better directed with that. And I've noticed a huge difference in directed sessions now with that because when people are throwing me, hey, Nancy, how about doing it this way? And write four lines that are going to change right now. And in the past, I would be like, oh my God. Now I just go, okay, sure. You know, because it becomes confidence building and second nature. And that may not have to seem like it does to do with mental health, but I think it absolutely does because the more fun that you can have, the more laughter you can bring to your life, the more silliness and experimentation with your performance, the more you're going to knock it out of the park. Look at Robin Williams (laughs) and how insanely talented, but also off the wall he was. And, uh, you know, he was sad. He had a lot going on and we didn't know sadly till the end with him, but, um, it's it's a tool. It's a tool to keep you healthy. Yeah, he's the perfect example. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah, perfect example. So, yeah. So don't so, you know, like, don't suffer and don't suffer needlessly. Find if you feel like you're you're falling, you're failing. You know, talk to your your loved ones and friends and get some help. And if you don't know where to get help, there's lots of places to get help because um, the pandemic. I think, like when I was in schools. I was very worried about the bubble because we got through the pandemic, through it, but then things started to pop up. And even in our larger society, I think we're seeing the effects of that with people's kind of, I don't craziness isn't the greatest term, people's amped up behaviors, (laughs) people's uh, inability to understand one another. You know, it's just, I think people are really kind of on that edge already. And then the pandemic kind of put them further. So even more sure. important for us as voice actors to stay healthy, to stay, you know, where we're, we're uh, taking care of ourselves and other people too. And I think the pandemic sort of put the world into a, a place where we live yes. because we're already solo and we're closed in a booth and yeah. we're, we're by ourselves. And then the pandemic came and everybody had to do that. Yeah. And it really just affected people so, so badly. And then when we did come out of it, especially, you know, kids lost the ability to interact. Yeah. During that time. It was amazing. Yeah. They already are texting each other, sitting next to each other, let alone, you know, now it's even more ingrained in there. And then the sad part is like, I was looking so forward to gathering with people. And the minute I went somewhere, I got COVID really bad. And then the next time I went somewhere, I get COVID. I'm like, oh no, because we need that fellowship with people. We need that, our tribe. I mean, I live in the middle of nothing. So I need to come out and be with all you wonderful voice actors. And so that's, you know, um, I think the isolation was extremely hard for everybody. And we were a little more used to it. We kind of thrived in some odd ways. And then in other ways, we didn't because a lot of people lost loved ones and friends. Yeah. So. So uh, let's let's speak to that a little bit, because completely separate from COVID, this is something that voice actors face on a frequent basis is that we sit in these booths and we we talk to ourselves and it becomes an echo chamber. How do you suggest voice actors other than saying, get out there? Like, how? What are the ways that you suggest that voice actors kind of step out of the booth and and be able to retain the, their sense of self, you know, uh, yeah. that we can kind of lose a little bit. 
I think it's super important not only to physically get out of the booth, (laughs) like I'm starting to schedule myself. So I get up in the morning and I do the majority of my stuff that's in my box or work or auditions. And then I take a break from that and I get out of the house. Now, maybe I don't go far. Maybe I just go to my garden and pick a few plants, or maybe I play with the dog, or maybe I go to lunch with my friends and then I come back and do more. But if you're stuck in a booth, even if you like your booth, even if it's your sacred space too long, it just makes you, I don't know, you overthink things. You start to just be like, I'm trapped in here. Um, I use music. Music is super important to me. Even if you like have something between sessions, escaping into a beautiful like video or musical thing is a way to sort of break up that, I got to do this, I got to be good, I got to, you know, that whole thing. And for performance anxiety with that, I would say to get away from, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'm like that, I'm sorry, um, to get away from the script itself. So like I had a friend, Tim knows this story, who was just all anxious about this script they were doing. They were like getting all bogged down. They were just like, ah, and I'm like, do it in Scottish, do it in Scottish. And they, <laughs> they did it in Scottish, like, oh, that was so freeing. So I mean, like ways to just like get out of your head, physically get out of your space smell the roses. I swim in a really crappy pool every day that I can. I'm getting ready to freeze because it's getting colder, but it breaks up that mind stuff where I'm going, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not as far ahead as I want. What am I going to do? You know, that whole litany of negativity we have in our heads. And the we all have people that play in our heads who've said mean things to us like a thousand years ago too. It's all in there, right? So, I don't know if I answered your question, Alicia, but just anything you can do to break up that kind of thought thing where you're just in your head, in your booth, what whatever it takes for you to break that up. But physicality is important. If you can physically get out and do anything while you're working. I like how you put it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like how you put it in two ways. Like we have to get out of the booth mentally, get out Mm -hmm. of the script, you know, try it in a different way. Uh, Yeah. uh, Jen Henry made me talk like a troll and I'm like what I can't (laughs) she's like just read the script like a troll I'm like yeah uh what kind of troll (laughs) and it was so much fun um to just be free with that so but then Mm -hmm. also to get out of the booth physically and to make sure that we're even for me it's going out in my yard uh and working in my garden for a while or spending some time with my kids um, that doesn't always make me happier when I come back in, but right. it gets me out of that headspace. So yeah, then you got to wash it off again, right? Be like, okay, I got to get rid yeah. of that uh, frustration with my children today or whatever it is. But yeah, no, I think I think everybody's different. For what works for me may not work for some. I laughed in the class. I had one guy, and he didn't want to dance to "Girls" by Beyonce. I don't know why, but you know, but for me, that's an empowering woman song, and you feel like you're going into battle, right? <clears throat> so whatever. Uh, I've started to use it for almost every directed session and it really helps me. Now, maybe sometime I'll get bored of it and have a different song. But the other thing that helps, and I just had a coach recently talk about this, is to use music to get our mood to change. So like, for example, if I want to read a sad script and I'm not particularly sad that day, I just play Schindler's List the first five minutes of the soundtrack. And I can cry right on a dime. It's so moving, so beautiful, right? Let's say I want to be happy for a script and I'm having a bad day. <laughs> Maybe I'll re- I'll I'll put on Katrina and the Waves or you know uh, talk like an Egyptian or walk like an Egyptian, not talk like one. And you know whatever it takes to kind of break you out of your funk 
or to get you into the mood, uh, you know, play some Barry White for a sexy script or something, you know, which is an obvious thing. But when the person said it to put in your earbuds so they it's not being recorded and it's sort of informing your read, it's a beautiful way to do it. And it really helps if you're struggling with a particular emotion. I know sometimes I'm tired when I'm trying to audition and I get feedback. That was a little bit relaxed, you know? <laughs> so to perk up the energy, you know, not necessarily caffeine, but some way to get myself motivated to be in that character and that person. You mentioned earlier about the the directed session and you've got seven people and they've mm-hmm. all got a different idea and mm-hmm. none of them are gelling and you've read the script every conceivable way. It yes. gets in your head. Yes, it does. You're like, I'm failing. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot please these people at no. all. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite way of just kind of reframing so that you can just keep smiling and say, okay. Yes. Um, I had a session. This is many years ago, but it was a nightmare. There were these three ladies. I call them the witches of Endor. I can't know because it's been a long time. <laughs> they didn't like the way I said and. Okay. And they loved the rest of what I did. And it was literally like one's going to the other one. You know, I just don't like the way she's saying and. Can she do it different? And one's like, I thought it was fine. And they were going back and forth. And the the engineer put the sign up and he's like, you're doing fine, Nancy, don't worry, which helped me greatly because I'm like, oh, my God, it's one of my bigger jobs I'd ever had, you know, and I'm like, you're sucking at this. And so I just kind of went, you're okay, like the mantra, you're okay, Nancy, you're okay, just keep listening to what they're asking for and keep trying to give it to them, right? Now, I think I could give it to them a thousand percent more than I could back then, but at the end, they liked the end and it was exactly first thing. <laughs> okay but I just was like sure I'll do it again hey how would you like it da, da, da. and in my head I'm going you're a pain you're a pain but it didn't matter so there's no like in a session it's tough because it's not like you can go hey let me dance to Beyonce before I come back to you <laughs> but you need some way I mean even if it's something stupid I brought this today it looks it's kind of funny it's a little caterpillar that's got like even if you have something like this they can't see and you can fiddle with <laughs> Just to kind of like give yourself something to work with. Um, I have a little, I have toys. Toys are important to the booth. I just got this in Vegas. Okay. I can win on this one. <laughs> as long as their audio is off, I can do that. Um, but mostly it's just keep your cool. Breathe, breathe while you're in that. The worst I've had was seven in my ear, seven. And three of them were disagreeing and they forgot to put the thing on mute as they were fighting. It was hysterical because um, two of them were like, Sarah, she's fine. Let's just keep going, you know. <laughs> so we came back. But you have to just keep your cool. You just have to pretend you're okay. Uh, fake it till you make it is kind of a thing I go by. I could, My heart could be just racing. And afterwards, you might be like, oh, my God, you know. But at the time, you will not see me sweat. I'm just going to look really cool and very calm. And sometimes you just have to do that. But if I have prepped well before that session, if they've given me a script, I've read it out loud, and I've done my stuff, I will be very calm and directable. If I have done running around before and not taken that time for myself to just calm down, to get ready, it won't be as good. And so I've learned that. And so for each of you, I would highly suggest find things that work for you, you know, find things. A cat is a wonderful calming thing. The purring of a cat brings your (laughs) blood pressure right down if you've got one. 
if you're not a cat person, there's other things like that, you know, uh, even just reading a, a pleasant book or a poem. Uh, I know that might sound silly, but whatever for you is your Zen, is your joy, is your way to just chill. So, and you touched on this just a little bit earlier. Everything cycles. Every June, we all start wondering what we're doing wrong (laughs) and (laughs) where did the work go? And maybe I should just go on vacation because there's nothing coming in. And no, I can't go on vacation because there's nothing coming in. And, you know, we just get into that. It, it's me. It has to be me. I'm not getting hired because it's it's me. Yeah. How do you break out of that cycle? Well, you'll laugh. I have a friend. Every year I call him in March because March seems to be when I start to freak out because something isn't like I'm not booking as much or something. And I call him every year and he goes, Nancy, every year you call me. And every year, right after you call me, you book some things. <laughs> he goes, just hang on. And so I think especially for newer people, you've got to understand that there are peaks and valleys and some very deep valleys sometimes and some awesome peaks. So you've got to find ways to live through that other stuff. And so I think in moments like that, do fun things that make you feel good about yourself because it really isn't you a lot of the time. We are in a very competitive business with lots of really amazing people. And so you know, you can't compare, you know, I know sometimes when people post things, I'm like, wow, they're doing great. I wish I was doing that great, you know, but you have to not get into that whole thing and just be like, how can I bring my best? In a valley time, I take a class if I can afford it. I do something to up my game. I find ways to challenge myself um, in an acting way. I've started on camera again recently because now I don't have to drive there in a snowstorm. I can self-tape. This is kind of terrifying because I haven't shot a commercial in about 20 years, but I used to do it. And so do things that scare you. I know that people hate that, but it really does make you see that you, you're you not going to fail if you keep trying things and you keep pushing yourself to be better and different. Um, it builds confidence. And to me, I don't know of a casting director that will tell you differently, but confidence is one of the biggest reasons you book a job. It's not necessarily you're perfect. It's not necessarily you brought everything they wanted. But if you come in knowing who you are, feeling good about who you are, leaving all your crap at the door, you've got a much better chance. You really do. And I've seen, I I can't statistically tell you how much it's helped me, but I'm booking a lot more with that than I ever did when I was sitting here going, oh, I'm not good enough, right? (laughs) So sometimes it's your your own worst enemy. We're our own worst um, roadblock everything. Yeah. And I think when we take those scripts and we're trying to give somebody what we think they want to hear yeah, and we're recording it over and over and over and over. And I'm like, oh no, I should have inflected here. I should have inflected there. And nope, that should come down on the end. You're probably doing it the same way as everybody else who's overthinking it. And there's nothing about that audition that's going to stand out. So you just have to get out of your own way. Yes. And I'm trying to take more chances lately. I sent in something to my manager the other day and I thought, it's a little quirky. It's a little on the edge. And she goes, I loved it. I said, good, because I'm trying to be out of the box so that, you know, Mary Lynn Wisner has made me laugh so hard when she says, I've listened to 200 of you all go at Sony, that, 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 she goes, make me laugh, do something different, you know? 
And sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to look stupid. Well, no one's going to call you up and go, wow, you looked really stupid when you did that, Nancy. We heard stupid in your audition. No one, right? <laughs> so worst thing, they'll be like, ah, pass, right? But they may go, oh, well, that was interesting. That was different than the 150 people. So take those chances. They'll pay off. I mean, um, I laughed. I, I booked a thing recently for a Boston accent. There are people who could totally do a Boston accent better than me, but I went big and goofy. It worked that time, right? So you just don't know. And you can't like, I used to be like, oh, you know, my friend got it, but I didn't. I wonder why. What did I not do? Wasted space. Send it. Be done with it. And then hope for the best. Because if you're in your head about it, there's no answer to the question. You know, (laughs) you've sent it. There's no one that's going to call you and give you a critique generally, you know. So you just have to be confident that you did your best. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there, there are people out there who, who sound just like you. Alicia yes. and I sound very much alike. We joke that right. if one of us isn't feeling well and we get a pickup, we could do it for each other. Yeah. Right. Right. But our delivery is are wonderful. So it has nothing to do with like one person being more talented. It's just at that moment, you know, do you fit what they're thinking they want, you know? So it is, it's a, it's a very strange business, but the rejection is real. I mean, when you don't book for a while, um, it does play with your head. And that's why I think it's really important to have other hobbies and activities that you love and do well at. So that when you feel like you're failing in something like this, you're like, well, I am this good blues singer. I am this great painter, or I am this, what other thing I am. Because then your identity isn't just wrapped up in, I'm failing as a voice actor, right? (laughs) Which sucks. So yeah, uh, have a lot of other things you can do that could relate to voiceover or not. Just things that you enjoy. Because I think if your overall joy is there, it's going to bleed into your stuff. Just like sadness and anxiety does too. Kind of like somebody who might think that they're not really good at painting. And so they go out and do the scary thing and start painting. And it turns out they're really amazing at it. Nancy German. German. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why I do this. When I post stuff, people are probably like, oh, she's such a show. She's always posting her stuff. That's not why I do it. I do it when I suck at something to show people they should try things because putting it out there is terrifying. But I am better at it than I thought. I'm not great. I'm sure my next one, when he's not helping me, is not going to be as good. But it doesn't matter because I'm learning, I'm growing, and I'm having fun. And that's the thing, you know? So if you have other things that you love, do those things too and bring that into your into your enthusiasm for your work here. It helps. And try the hard things. Try the try scary the things. Thing. That's right. Try the hard... I did four characters for an audition the other day. And I laughed myself silly because I don't know if they hit the mark and I went big and tried to be goofy and, you know, what they wanted, but it felt good just to try it. And then even if you're not a character actor, you can use some of that stuff for the characters that are part of e-learning and regular commercials and whatever. It all transfers, but it's that willingness to play that we all lose when we get to be adults. And I think it's so important to happiness and mental health to play, to really allow yourself to be goofy and play in this work, even in normal scripts. (laughs) Yeah. So. Right. Alicia and Jen, I know you guys have been monitoring the chat more carefully than me because I, I'm not. 
So do you want to throw Tim's in? Tim's got some, some that... good quotes. I'm looking at his quotes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. For our listening audience, I want to throw in some of Tim's stuff because I really think it adds to the conversation. I don't see any questions. So you guys, if you have any questions, throw them in the chat now so that we can ask them. Um, but one thing that Tim said was about when we were referencing directed sessions and how sometimes there can be multiple uh, bosses and sometimes they can be really persnickety. He said, their money is still green. Take the note, make them feel powerful. (laughs) I've learned a lot of folks who are directing but aren't career directors just want to make you do something so they feel they have that power. And I don't know, personally, Alicia, I don't know that they even know that's how they feel. It's not purposeful, right? But that's what they need. So you feel you fuel that for them. He also said, um, there's a director for one of my big clients who is just the guy at the agency they assigned to direct me. I just imagine him as a little boy in his daddy's suit and tie. So I do what he says and realize I'm the pro and he's relying on me to make him look good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love that. I am forever from now. I'm going to picture them as this little boy in their daddy's yeah. suit and tie and try to make them feel good and to make them look good. Yeah, yeah. that's our that's our job. Yeah, um, never, never to be a diva or a yeah. D-bed or whatever the other version of that is, to always be pleasant and cooperative. I'm not going to be the one who goes, you know, I think I should have done that better. Let me take five minutes, you know. It <laughs> no, always Nancy. surprises me. It always surprises me in a directed session when um, when someone's like, wow, thank you. Like, that was so nice yeah. of you to be willing to do that. Take a kid. And I'm like, who have you been? Yeah. I want to be like, who have you been working with? Are we? Because oh. every voice actor I've met is pretty darn nice. Like, yeah, I've anyway. heard the stories. I've definitely heard the stories. <laughs> so yeah. I, I always want to be that person. And if you, it made me feel really good the other day. I had a guy that had hired me for one thing, and he emailed me. and He goes, I thought to myself, who do I want to do thirty scripts with? Nancy. And I went, yay! You know, Aww. because that's you want to be the person makes their life easier. You're in, you're out quickly. They feel like they got money, you know, the, their money went far with you. Um, the client is thrilled, all that stuff. You want it to all be like, that's who they think of when they think of me, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, that takes confidence. You got to have the confidence to go in and, and do that. The other thing to note is I'm getting up there in age and a lot of my directors are my son's age. My son is going to be 30 this year. And that's a whole other thing, you know, so I have to be respectful of them as a young producer or a young director, even though I'm like, you're old enough to be my child, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of the the way the business is right now. There's a lot of young blood that's in charge. So you have to also be prepared for that. But I think the biggest thing is to just be the kind of person that everybody wants to work with. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tim Power said the same thing in the in the comments. Did you? I wasn't like. <laughs> yeah. I no. I mean, hey, it's, they can't hear us uh, right. say it, but be the guy they want to work with, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. that's how it is. So here, I'm not seeing any other questions, so I'm going to ask one of my own questions. Sure. Um, a, uh, well, I guess about a year ago, I had the opportunity to work with a coach. I was really excited to work with, and it, as a result of that coaching session, I did not do very well. Um, because, and you know, there's always more to the story, right? For me, my booth was like a hundred degrees. I'm not exaggerating. I'd forgotten to turn the air on. I was late to the, to the coaching session. And so running in, like you said, like I wasn't able to have that time. Right. So it was not, it didn't go well. And there was a line that the, that the coach said, um, if you're even booking it, it, that's all I heard. And I was booking, I have agents in New York and LA. I was booking big work. Yeah. I had no reason to, to doubt myself. For the longest time, I blamed this coach 
for that mentality in my head. Mm -hmm. And it took me a really long time to realize that it was a fear I already had inside of myself. Yeah. And that they just verbalized it. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was a, just a one-off session, you know, and I actually had a chance to speak with that person, um, uh, several months later, somewhere else. They didn't even remember coaching me. Yeah. So that thing, that moment that was so impactful. So how, what do you say to voice talent to help them get over a, a bad session or a bad coaching yeah. thing or something that just kind of digs at their, their self-confidence? Cause <laughs> we're laughing. talking about confidence, right? Yeah. I'm laughing. Cause I had one exactly like this. Um, Lori Allen is like my hero. Okay. I signed up for her session. I marked it in my thing. I put an alarm on there and didn't realize in the time change that it was an hour before because I was an idiot and I was talking to people at the conference. (laughs) So I went and stood by the room and I'm like, no one is out here. What is happening? And realized they had already started. It was awful, 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 awful. So I got in totally embarrassed, totally humiliated. But you know what I did? I'm like, all right. You missed that. You look like an idiot. Let's just go for it. You almost have to like cast it off of you, you know? And it's so hard to do because here she is, my hero. I look like a moron. I'm coming in late. I never am late. I am always like earlier on time, but I had a moment, you know? So it's kind of like that was a moment. It was embarrassing. She was gracious anyway. And so then it's like, I just got to go to the next thing. So When people say things, I can remember someone hopped on one of my chats one day and said something like, well, don't quit your day job unless you're totally know you can do it. I'm like, what are you judging me for? I got all pissy and mad about it. And then later I'm like, they probably meant it a nice way, Nancy. And you just, it hit that core of what if I don't make it? What if I'm not going to, you know, all those things. So you have to kind of have this mind over matter thing that no one is going to stop me from what I want to do. My thing lately is people don't know me. They may judge me and put me in a little box over here. This is all Nancy German can do. This is all Nancy German can do. I don't care. I'm going to show them what I can do, right? And you almost have to have that. These people, yes, they matter. Yes, there's high stakes things. But my journey and your journey is what matters here. And so you decide where you want to go. And whoever is the detractor, look at all the people in history who people said, oh, they can't do that. Oh, they're not going to be able to make that. You know, they do anyway. So I think you just have to be like, this is one opinion in the world of opinions. Does it really, you know, is it criticism I should be taking? Yes, then I will take it. If it's not, you know, there's always haters. There's always people who have an agenda. There's always that. Although in our business, I think most people are very nice. But you got to... Go with that for a minute, Nancy. I want to jump in. I haven't gotten a a chance to, but I'm just rambling on. So yes, please. (laughs) No, you're good. But you are touching on something that I personally have experienced. So where AB had one experience, I've had an experience where two different people have said very, very ugly things about me um, Mm. on uh, the internet. Yeah. People to question my character, my ethics. And I mean, yeah, it stung. And to your point, you go, wait, (laughs) I know that's not who I am. So who cares that that's what they're saying? But what I'd like you to speak to, if you can, is how social media is yeah. really impacting oh, it's evil. Yes, our, <laughs> our mental health. Why don't you speak right. 
that a little bit. Well, having worked in high schools with kids, I can tell you how detrimental it is um, because like I was laughing. I'm so old now that I remember the avocado phone that my father let me have for 20 minutes a night. No one sexted me or texted me after that, right? No one harassed me. No one bothered me. And that was a good thing because my teenage brain could rest. (laughs) The hard part about social media, even among voice actors, is People get triggered by things, they get jealous, they get angry, and then they spout off stuff. I've tried to not share too much. Sometimes if you're in a certain mood, don't share, but I sometimes do anyway, and we all do. But it's really tough to combat that, Jen. And I mean, like, it's like, you know who you are. Those who love you know who you are. But then you have this massive, you know, potential clients who are seeing maybe things that are horrible or whatever. The only thing I can say is less is more like responding, like just be you and don't try to defend too much unless it's like suable <laughs> because otherwise you just end up in that quagmire of, you know, ick. That well, you what I encourage, I encourage a lot of folks and I say this about LinkedIn and you can't necessarily control it as much with Facebook and Instagram, but is also just being mindful of not just what you respond to. I totally uh, I hear yeah. you on that. But also be a part of things. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, create your feed, right? Like yes. you, on LinkedIn, you definitely have more control because you know yes. who you're connected with. You can unfollow people. You can follow people. Right. And I'd say, you know, you get to kind of massage it to be like, I, and I do people like, I hate TikTok. I like TikTok. Because yeah. I, I'm part of things that make me laugh. Yes, like, right. I just want the joy yeah. um, when you find yourself. But again, it's because I intentionally, it doesn't mean weird stuff doesn't find its way in. But for the most part, I'm following singers, dancers, awesome creators, comedians. Yeah. So kind of the same thing with Facebook and Instagram that you get to really develop what you want to expose yourself to, you yes, know, and, and right. have part of your feed. And so yeah. while we do, you know, have a tendency to go with voice act, you know, we have a bunch of voice yeah. actor followers and things like that. The other thing that I would comment on that you mentioned earlier too, and ties into this um, is also, and I think Tim's even commenting, you know, the trolling is if you kind of become popular, if yeah. you kind of become some a name people know, you yeah. also become susceptible to the criticism yes. and to the negativity, um, to people calling into question who you are. And so that's something else I think people need to be prepared for that as you yeah. grow in this journey. And if you yeah. do, you know, become the Lori Allen's, I'm sure people pop yeah. in and she's like, what? And yeah. they, you know. Right. It's a price of fame. You know, you look at any of the major uh, stars, it's the same thing. But I think that the funny thing is, is that like I had two guys starting to fight on my feed one day and I just put this thing in there and I said, I know both of you, you don't know each other, but you both are very similar in your beliefs. And I find it ironic that you're fighting on my page because I know you. So it's like, I mean, I don't have time to police all that all the time, but I try to be very careful about what I put on my pages, not just for business, but for inspiration, to be positive, to be a person that cares about people and to be silly. You know, most of my stuff is silly, but I think you have, you can only control so much, Jen, and, you know, shutting down any of that stuff, not letting it leak into your head as much as possible. Be just like, they don't know me. 
they don't know what I can do. You know, this is just sad and going on, but it does hurt. I mean, sometimes you read something like, ow, I did not need, <laughs> what's her name? Um, Oh gosh, I love the show so much uh, for Shit Creek. Um, Moira, do what Moira would do, right? Moira would just be like, oh, you know, where's my next gig? Another so glass I, of wine, please. This is right. terrible. I'll have another. That's right. Yeah. I'll put on a gown and just have a glass of wine. Moira has a great attitude through that stuff because I'm sure there are haters of Moira, right? Because she's a popular, amazing actress. So, you know, I just look at stuff like that. Um, I haven't gotten a lot of flack particularly but you know if people are saying things i don't know but i you almost don't want to know if people are saying things bad about you you know <laughs> it's like well isn't really there afraid that. what other people's opinions of me aren't yeah at the end of the day have... you're a powerful amazing woman and that's the other thing when you are a powerful woman or man people don't know what to do with that they think you think you're full of yourself they think you're um you know, a jerk. And that's not really it. We should celebrate when people are confident, happy, and powerful, because those are people that can help us on our journey. And, you know, we can, they, we can help, they can help me too. So I don't apologize for that anymore, being a powerful, confident person. I'm all yeah. about not the, not apologizing for everything. That's right. I, I give a, a Alicia and JT our time about that. I'm like going strong. <laughs> Well, you know what, Nancy? I mean, oh my gosh, this has been so much and so valuable and so relevant. Um, just, we are so appreciative that you joined us and shared your knowledge. Um, we'll make sure, um, we get your contact info, sure. uh, you know, in here. So as we reach the top of the hour, I know this is a little bit overarching, but do you have some, some, whether it's words of advice or some tips, just kind of, um, general, wisdom to leave people with? Like if they took nothing else from today, what would you like to leave with them? I would say this, and I, I think I did this for your little video as well, that you are unlimited. You are more than enough, no matter what teacher or parent or person has told you you are lacking. Everybody's got their own journey. Don't look to other people's journeys and feel bad about your journey. Take your journey and enjoy every minute of it right? And also, if there are things that you know, like I've, I talk to people all the time, and I am one of those people that literally the lady in the grocery store will come up to <laughs> and tell me all her problems, because I do care. My husband's like, you made eye contact. I'm like, yes, I care. That's me, right? But everybody's got this stuff. So whatever your stuff is, don't push it down, bury it, sit on it. If you know it's coming up that you had a bad childhood, go get some help for that clear it, right? If you know that your divorce has left you a shell of a person, try to work through that because it will affect your reads. It will affect your performance and your confidence. Whatever your Achilles heel is, for me, it was directed sessions in the booth big time and other anxieties. I've had to really work through it. Have I 100% killed it? No. (laughs) But have I learned like tools to help me? Find out what your session prep is. That's one key thing I can say to you. Whatever is going to help you in your auditions or sessions to prep, to feel confident, prepared, and like you're badass and you can go in and do it, do that. And I know that's kind of nebulous, but each of you know what inspires you, what things help you. Um, There's apps. 
You know, like the Calm app is great. There's stories you can connect to on there. There's meditations. There's just sounds. I'm a big one for just water sounds or, you know, crickets chirping or stuff like that. That's another thing, Alicia, you can do if you need to break up something is just have like just sounds, white noise, whatever it is. So for whatever, you know, Jen's going, ah. JT loves to sit on her deck and listen to the crickets. So that was, (laughs) yes. And she sends us audio of it. for every association, someone has a horrible association with something too. So that's the other problem. It takes me to no end. I'm like, turn them off. Yes. I was laughing because Heather um, Man Foster had a song she had in her head. I said, as long as it's not, I've got a brand new pair of roller skates, right? (laughs) Because everybody's got a different thing. So whatever you know works for you, right? And if you have overwhelming, I'm going to say this because I feel like I have to. Robin Williams made us all happy for years and we had no idea of his struggles, right? If anyone feels like they want to harm themselves, you guys, please call somebody, get some help. No one wants you to leave the world, right? <laughs> I'm going to say that. I hope no one in this group is feeling that way, but I have to say that because I, it's such a delicate thing. We never know if people are okay. We never know. I am a therapist for 30 years. I still can't tell with great determination whether someone's going to do something or not because we all have that ability to make our own decisions. But people do love you. People do love you. You are good. Even if you aren't the best yet at this or what you want to do, you're working on it. I mean, look at me. I've been working on this for 25 years. I'm still trying to climb up the ladder, right? So it's all good. And I don't know if that's you know, what you were looking for, Jen, but just, you know, you are enough. And the mantras, whoever said about the mantras, it might have been, yeah. Um, Having a mantra in front of you, I am enough. I am funny. I am pretty. Whatever it is. I know when I've used this with clients, they're like, oh, I feel so stupid to it. Yes, you might at first. It's okay. It's like comforting to yourself. So whatever that is, um, you know, I would try, I would try, Tim, you are very pretty. I've always thought so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, everybody's different. Uh, My husband's motivated more by like ACDC. If he was going to do a directed session, that's what he would do. You know, maybe someone's got classical music on their mind. But to me, that is the key to just feeling like you're walking in ready to go like a warrior, you know, so. I I love that. And I don't know that I've shared anything that's really clinical today. (laughs) This is just a clinical person who's a voice actor sharing with you, really. But um, but yeah, I don't hesitate to get rid of, slay those dragons that are in your way if you know what they are. And if you don't know what they are, go talk to somebody and have them help you find it, right? For people with trauma, I'm going to add this one last thing. EMDR is a very powerful, amazing tool. They are using it for veterans a lot. I used to work with veterans, and I know that's a huge thing. And it, it can be also useful for other types of trauma that you may be suffering from that gets in your way. So I just add that. It's always amazing to me how many people have had really rough childhoods um, who appear to be strong and amazing without any flaws, right? So I just add that to say, if that's been your experience and you think it's getting in your way, slay the dragon. Don't let the dragon be, you know, yeah, taking you down. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I want to add, um, Tim Powers reminded us, uh, if you're in crisis, you can always dial 988 on your phone and that will get you to help immediately. So don't be afraid to do that. Their operators are standing by to talk to you. And And I hate to have to even bring that up, but I've had students where 
I'm sitting there going, should I ask the question? And I always ask the question. I never lost a kid, knock on wood, because I asked the question. And it's a horrible moment where you, you're holding your breath because you know the answer might be they're in big trouble. But that's how you save people is to make sure that they're not getting so low that they make those choices, right? So thanks, Tim, for mentioning yeah. that. You never know um, well, when you're that last phone on the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Absolutely. Right. That's a good metaphor for that. Um, well, I can't believe we've already made it to an hour, Nancy. And we <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. And we appreciate you and your expertise so much. But before you go, yeah. we like to ask our guests a few just for fun questions, a little James Lipton style. Um, and this we we already know you love Beyonce, but what <laughs> singer, band, or composer are you enjoying right now? Like, who do you? What's your go-to? You know, I've gotten back into some um, jazz stuff from the old Ameses, all oh. those. Because that's what I'm. I'm a true alto, so I can't sing anything too high. Mm-hmm. So I've been getting back into those, and they're so relaxing. You know, like if I'm doing invoicing or something. I just put that on and any anxiety that I have that they haven't paid me in 60 days, you know, <laughs> goes away because I'm just in that moment. Um, but then I also like to listen to new things and multicultural things like Hindi dance, you know, from movies stuff is fun. Um, just anything that can make you move. So there's all sorts of, bye Tim, there's all sorts of things like that, you know, that are fun to experiment with. I don't want to be one of those old ladies that doesn't know what current things are. So I'm always like trying to listen to everything and see, but that's my go-to. I don't know. That's good. I love it. I can, you can't go wrong with a little Etta James. Absolutely. Um, All right. So what podcast, if you're, are you a podcast listener? And if so, what podcast do you recommend? You know, it's horrible that I am not a podcast listener and I should be because <laughs> so many of my friends are doing wonderful podcasts. Um, Vanessa Richardson is doing this one on serial killers, which probably would make my, my nightmares come. <laughs> but, but, um, but I love, I mean, I, I love everybody's creative work, but honestly, because I'm in the booth so much, I don't want to listen too much auditorially. So I do more um, reading, to be honest with you. But you guys have a great podcast. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. It's funny, actually, I would say more of our guests say they don't listen to podcasts and say that they do. So there's a whole yeah. market out there, you guys. We got I more know, right? <laughs> um, okay, this one's pretty easy for most people. What is your favorite dessert? Oh, my goodness. Boston cream pie is sort Ooh. of my favorite dessert. I mean, I I like a lot of desserts, but that is just a go-to. I mean, there's just, it's beautiful. It's cake. It's pudding. You can't go wrong. <laughs> sounds delicious at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, feel free to join us live on Zoom every Thursday at 10 Pacific, 1 Eastern. And also, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. And if you miss a live episode, you can always catch the recording later on our website at boothbesties.com. And I'll add that the link for the Zooms is always on our website as well. So if you don't know where the link for the Zoom is, and it's it's always the same link also. So if you just copy and paste it, you'll have it. Um, we also would love on the podcast platforms. If you would hop on any of those platforms and leave us a review, it helps us a ton and helps us reach more listeners who are looking for great voiceover content. So don't forget to like and subscribe. And speaking of mental health and lifting each other up and community, 
join the VOBB community every Monday for our accountability group that we've got going on. We have one in the morning, and this accountability group is hosted by one of our besties, Nevin Stoltz, and we've added an evening group as well, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, hosted by Jessica Matheson. Uh, It's a place where you can set goals, build community, Find some besties, uh, somebody you can reach out to. It's also just a reason to show up. You know, sometimes you don't, you're like, I don't need to talk to people and I don't need all that. It's a reason to show up, turn your camera off, hit mute, knock out some marketing emails, knock out the invoicing. It's an opportunity to just an hour to get stuff done or chat, get to know some people that are also in voiceover and might be going through some of the things you're going through too. Okay, last but not least, Join us next Thursday, same time, same place, same Zoom link. We will have Joan Baker and Rudy Gaskins from Sovas joining us. And um, we'll learn more about their awards that are coming up and also their conference. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Have a great day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. Video Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing.